0: Welcome to Career and Leadership Realtor, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve.
1: And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to episode eight, which is all about how to make your CV stand out. This is an episode that we hope we really practical and helpful for those of you that are in the job search phase of your career, looking to get noticed, looking to get yourselves an interview and get a new role. Before we dig into the topic, just to share a little bit more about what we do and why we're qualified to give you this advice. So Pam, you introduce yourself as a job search coach and expert CV writer. What does that mean?
0: So day to day, I am literally spending hours working with people on their job search, making sure that the CV is right, that the CV has got the right information, that the CV tells a story, and that all of their key skills and experience are highlighted to make it really easy for the reader to think, yes, I need to get that person in for an interview. And then obviously, once you get the interview, you've got more chance of getting that job offer. So yeah, so my days are pretty much spent in
1: job search mode
0: (laughs) for for all of my clients and writing CVs, which I absolutely love doing.
1: And from my side, one of the things that I do alongside the leadership coaching work and development work that I do, I also consult with clients, particularly around their people strategy. So selecting great talent is something that I've consulted with clients on and I have done a lot of recruitment. So I have been on the receiving end of a lot of CVs and been the person who is wanting to really search out and find that amazing next talent for a client company. And this has been the bane of my life at times when you see CVs that don't stand out or CVs that you just feel don't really tell a story, don't really bring that person to life. That's been a real frustration that I've been on the receiving end of. So between the two of us, hopefully we can give you some real practical, actionable advice. So, Pam, to start us off then, when people come to you to yeah. work on their CV, what is the most common mistake? What's the most common thing that you have to rectify?
0: So, the the most common thing, in fact, like every single CV. So most CVs that come into me will be full of buzzwords because people have made an attempt to tailor them. So there'll be full of all of these great words but they just really lack the depth they lack the story and people think that putting on all of the keywords will give them a better chance of getting through things like the applicant tracking systems which most people will know as the ATS people really fear the ATS so they will just pile in all of these keywords and think well as long as I've got all of the keywords on there that'll be enough that'll get me an interview. But what you forget is on the other side of that applicant tracking system is the human that's going to read it, that's got to connect with your, your story, you know, your CV is your career story, that reader has got to connect with that if they don't connect with it, or you leave them in doubt in any way, then you're not going to get selected for that interview.
1: And I think, so I think first of all, it's useful to probably for those that aren't familiar with what an applicant tracking system is. This is um, particularly used in bigger companies, not always used in smaller companies who do less volume of recruitment. But for the majority of roles that people apply for, an applicant tracking system is a piece of software that will electronically scan the CV that you're submitting and will generally be programmed to identify which is why people feel that having those buzzwords and you're so right Pam it does become a case of buzzword bingo sometimes when people have tried to game the system and tried to have a CV that will get past the system because people are worried that if they leave words out that the system won't put their effectively, it does the pre-screening, it does the sifting kind of stage so yeah. that whoever then is looking at CVs has fewer CVs that they have to look at. And it is so obvious from my perspective being on the receiving end of you know either when people have kind of come through in an applicant tracking system or when they've written a CV assuming that they will, it is so obvious when yeah. it is just piped full of words. And it, they're not even in sentences. It's just, you know, yeah. strategic and leader and all of those just generic words yeah. that people feel that they need to show that they've got, you know, project management, you know, naming every system that they've ever worked on. People just fill them full. Yeah. And it just it's so boring to look at. It's mm-hmm. so it doesn't make any sense to read so how do you kind of transform that then if somebody's in that situation and they're kind of like oh yeah maybe that is a bit of me maybe that's what I've been doing (laughs) what what does someone need to do to make that make sense
0: okay so I think the first thing to do and this is the first thing that I'll say to my clients as well is when you read it back does it make sense to you if you think about it from the reader's point of view if you are reading that does that clearly describe you does that show what you deliver what you've delivered in the past what you can bring to the table does it clearly demonstrate that now if you read your CV back nine times out of ten you'll think oh no it doesn't actually so what you've then got to do the best way to do it is to break it down okay so go back to every single job and I call this creating a career map as well so go through every single job and what you want to do is you want to think about what did I actually do in this job and not necessarily those day-to-day tasks like what did I deliver how did it impact the company if you are working in sales for example you could be if you're thinking about a sales manager position so sales manager is responsible for you know hitting sales targets for bringing in more money into the business but actually what sits under that so you were only successful and hit your targets because you were able to build relationships. You were able to nurture those relationships. You were able to develop new business. You were able to clearly articulate the products that you were selling. So there's a lot more to achieving sales targets when you start looking underneath what's going on in that role. So if you start thinking, okay, well, what what was my purpose in that role? So who was I reporting into? What was I doing on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis? What impact did I really make? Now, when you start writing your CV from that point of view, what you'll find is you will then bring out all of this amazing stuff, and you'll look at your original CV and think, wow, that's just like a load of bullet points. And obviously, you do need to have an element of tasks that you are completing but you also need to show what you delivered in each role as well because if you just show what you deliver but not what you're doing day to day then your experience might be in question so it needs to be a nice mix of what you've delivered in that role and what you were doing on a daily weekly basis and once you kind of get that mix right then it will read clearly you know this is what I delivered and this is what I do and Things that I always take off CVs are things like the admin duties or admin duties as required and things like that, like <laughs> remove them straight away. So I just go through a whole CV and I'll just be like, out, 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 like take it, take those bits out. You do anything where you're saying as and when required or admin duties or things like that. You Just take them out because they're just a waste of space. You just want the stuff where you add in value. So if you're a leader, that would be maybe around the appraisals that you do with your team, maybe it's the daily huddles with your team, you know, things like that, things that allow someone to see what you can bring to them as well.
1: I think one tip I would give with this situation is to bear in mind that the person that is first receiving that CV and reading it often is not a functional specialist in the area that you're applying to work. So if you are applying for that sales manager role, the person who is doing the initial SIFT is likely to be in the HR or recruitment team, and they will then be providing CVs to the hiring manager. So make your CV appeal to people who don't necessarily know all of the technical ins and outs. It still needs to make sense to them. I've taken so many briefs from hiring managers and the questions that I ask hiring managers to think about are things like, what kind of person do you need? Beyond, yes, for a sales manager role, you need someone who can hit sales targets. What are the characteristics or qualities that separate the the best from the rest within your team? What is it you want more of? What kind of character? What kind of personality? And get them to really think about who do they need to bring into their team? Because the general skills are just the very basics. That's the bread and butter. Yes, you need that. But also what you want is to really show that person that's reading your CV something of you as a person. And I think that's one of the things I would say is that people often go very much towards the technical elements of their roles. And when you're applying for jobs at... A head of or a director level or a senior manager level, you really need to show what you can bring as a person and yeah. how you can operate as part of a management or leadership team above and beyond the technical aspects of what you can do with the job. So bear in mind that the person first reading that CV probably isn't a functional specialist and a lot of what they're going to be doing and making those decisions as to who do I put in front of this hiring manager is going to be based on a lot of those aspects.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that also goes for recruiter jobs that you apply for as well, because if you're applying for a recruiter job, usually what happens there is your CV will not be viewed by the recruiter until later on when they do a search of the database. So your CV will be taken out of a, an email queue and will be added to the system, usually by an administrator within the office who will then have a quick scan of your CV depending on how clear you've been as to which job you're applying for and all the best of it they will then put tags against your profile on their database and then the recruiter will be like right okay how many applications have we had I'll do a search and then dependent on how you've been tagged is then whether you'll come back up in that search so that's another thing another reason why CVs will get lost you know when you apply two recruiter ads and you never hear back probably your CV is lost within their system because you've not articulated your experience well enough for somebody who's got no understanding of what you do to be able to read through and go, oh, okay, so this person is a marketing manager and this person specializes in SEO or PPC, and then they can add the relevant tags onto your profile. So you should always go with that assumption that that first person doesn't have a clue what you do and, That's almost your goal, isn't it? To make your CV stand out, you need to really kind of, you know, give it to them in the simplest terms but really show what what you deliver and allow them to really understand it easily so if you read your cv back and you think well you should be able to give your cv to like i don't know 15 year old child and say what do i do (laughs) what do i do you you read that and tell me what i do and if they just hand it back and go i have got no idea (laughs) you know you need to get back to the drawing board and you know um,
1: and what would you say on length of cvs because fierce debates that happen about how long a CV should be uh, what oh. what camp are you in on this so this is why I
0: see this so often and people get so wound up with this and I see loads of different CV writers you know you've got to just have two pages because it's the industry standard like somebody made up this rule nobody knows who it was so okay your CV you don't want reams and reams of pages and realistically they're going to make a decision off page one But you do need to have an extra page or two, depending on what level you're at. Now, if you were middle management level, I would expect that you could fit everything onto two pages. If you were moving into head of director roles, C-level roles, then you might want to move on to three pages. Anything else just isn't going to be read. So it's not really about the fact you can't have those extra pages. It's just like who is going to be bothered to read through all of that, all of that information. And you should only be putting the stuff that's relevant and making sure that it's concise and, you know, all of that good stuff. So yeah, two to three pages. But there are occasions like education CVs, sometimes we'll have a list of publications. Project managers might have a list of specific projects. You can have an additional page with additional information that you can guide people to. If you'd like to see what, what work we have published, then page four is where you need to go. Same with, you know, project management. Every CV is unique, but you want your core information on page one and two and anything else you expect will not be read. But you, if you're going to include them, you need to still, you know, follow the same process and make sure you're still giving them value within that.
1: Yeah, I I love that advice. And again, it comes back to making it easy for the person on the receiving end. So when I've recruited, for example, senior project manager roles, you do want the detail, you want to know what value of project did this person do, you want to know, did they do end to end project management? Or did they do elements of Mm. project management, you want to know what type of projects is it what industry have they done lots of different industries or has it been purely within one so there is quite a lot of detail yeah and similar I've done roles within engineering and there's a whole list as long as your arm of technical qualifications that you want people to have and therefore you do need to see those listed yeah the mistake is when people try and jam that into the CV as they're going through or put it on page one when actually that's relevant, when you've already got an interest in that CV, when yeah. you feel like this could be a great candidate, then you want to be able to reassure yourself yes, I'm not going to look an idiot when I put this in front of a hiring manager. You don't want to look an idiot. You want to yes. make sure that you've got good candidates and you're handing them over. So well, you do need that detail, but you don't need it stuffed mm-hmm. throughout or on page one. It works so much better. And my personal record when I was recruiting was I once had a 36-page CV.
0: Oh my goodness. But do you know that they probably sent you their base CV because I say create a version of your base CV that's got everything in. So maybe they just sent you that.
1: (laughs) I genuinely think it was because they'd worked on a lot of different projects and contracts and they had a lot of different things that they were including and had yeah. you know had been contracting on shortish term and they literally listed every single thing as a separate job nobody is going to read 36 pages and however good you are the fact that when i open that document it's 36 pages the first question that i then have is okay and what is this person's judgment like because if they're expecting me to read 36 pages then immediately I question their judgment and decision making and therefore for a relatively senior role that's that's always going to be crucial I think it's also really useful that point that you made about the more senior you are and the more senior roles because I think again I've seen CVs for senior roles where you do want a bit more and And I've seen two pages where it's in font size eight. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely stuffed. (laughs) And you just think, yeah, you could have just spaced this over three. So yeah, Yeah, people are listening and scared of going on to a third page. If you are at that kind of head of director, you know, senior management type role or aspiring towards that for your next application, then definitely if it's getting really rammed and you genuinely can't take stuff out because it needs to be there much better for it to be formatted nicely over three pages than just for the sake of some random industry standard to go to two yeah what else would you say are the common things that you have to help clients with and when it comes to their CVs and job search
0: Another one on CVs is just generally being able to articulate their experience because it's funny that when you kind of go networking or when you kind of get into conversation with people and you ask them about themselves and they can talk for hours, as soon as people get to the CV and interviews as well, And they're asked to talk about themselves. All of a sudden, they lose the ability to be able to articulate what they do, how they do it. It's almost like, "Who am I? (laughs) Have I been doing the last few years?" So that is another key thing that I see: just being able to articulate that experience and what you've actually done day to day. And the easiest way to do that is to not sit in front of your computer screen and try to write the bullet points. It's to map it out on a piece of paper. Get the download from your head, and it's like, "What am I?" doing day to day week to week month to month and really just allowing your your mind to remind you what you've done and how it made you feel and you know because adding in you know I was proud to deliver and things like that it really does make a difference because when you read through things like that it's like you can almost feel a sense of pride sometimes when you're reading through people's things and it's like they're the type of people that you're like yeah, I need someone like that on my team. Somebody who really takes pride in the work. Somebody who is delivering things that makes them feel proud, not just because it's part of the job. So it's things like that where you can start adding in little snippets of personality and little bits about you. Just take that time to think about your experience and you'll be able to articulate it so much better. And I think job search, generally, people just think, I have to do as many applications as I can. Send that CV off. Just keep pinging it out there. And then they don't hear back, or they get rejected. They never really understand why, and they never really take a minute to think, okay, was that really tailored properly? Did I really tell them what I can bring to the table? Because I hear it so many times, but it was my dream job, and I got rejected. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you just need to take that little bit of time to think through what do they want from me and am I clearly demonstrating that on my CV and that will that will get you more interviews than just you know pinging your CV off on the one click apply
1: and what are your thoughts on some of the design elements because I think sometimes people either feel like they should have a CV that's got design color formatting all that kind of stuff and then sometimes people are like no it should be black and white and two pages and Times New Roman font size 12. Where do you stand on all of that?
0: So, I created a post on LinkedIn on this last week. So, the graphically designed ones, when you're sending them in, if you're in like the graphic design space, if you are a web designer, if you are a design person, then, you know, it's not unusual to see something queer here and something interesting. But when you aren't in an industry that, you know, is creative or art based and it, it kind of leaves you open to so much unconscious bias. So if I open up the CVs and I think, oh, my goodness. And it's just because I don't like the design. And it's the same with pictures on the CV as well. And I'm looking at it thinking, why would you put them colors together? And what you don't want to do is you don't want to leave your CV open for somebody to unconsciously criticize it. Because as soon as they open it and they don't like that design then already they're making a decision about you so even if you've got the best information on there sometimes not all the time obviously that can be overlooked so I usually recommend the traditional format and you can use a pop of color I usually recommend using something neutral like a blue color because that is is neutral and it does allow you to split up the sections and it's seen as a corporate professional color but it does give you that bit of colour pop. But yeah, I've seen so many different types of CVs. I mean, what what kind of CVs have you? What what is your view actually? Do you like those colourful ones?
1: I'm totally with you on this. (laughs) And I'm smiling because I'm remembering a CV for it was for a marketing role and it there was a lot of design. And again, exactly I've totally recognized myself in what you're describing of as soon as I looked at it, that was what it it was a distraction because what I was doing was judging that design rather than looking at the elements of experience that, that kind of almost overrode what I should have been doing first. And we did interview that candidate and i think people do it sometimes because they want to show personality and i get that and yeah. there is the argument that says well if i do it and somebody doesn't like the design then you know it's not the role for me and you can take that approach and that attitude but again you have to bear in mind that the person that's there's normally two or three people that are going to look at it before you get invited for interview. So you're going to have a recruiter, potentially a person on the recruitment team in house and a hiring manager. And all of those have got to be on your side when it comes to liking the design. Most hiring managers that I've worked with have not liked most of the heavily designed CVs that I've ever put in front of them. And it's been then almost an additional sell to get them to actually interview those candidates. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I do think using some simple, like you say, colour pop, something that kind of separates sections, there are ways that you can introduce something that makes your CV look slightly different to the totally boring black and white without the design becoming the focus of the cv so i think that's for me that's where the line is of use it where you can use it to make it easier make sections stand out don't don't use it to show off your kind of personality or your flair unless that is an integral part like you say if you're in the graphic design space then all bets are off but yeah, yeah. if it's if it's a kind of a standard role then typically those are not well received when they're heavily designed
0: yeah and that is that's a good point as well because the when i'm writing cvs and this is what i always say to clients as well so when you send in your cv you want that person to be excited about interviewing you so like what you're saying there if you've got to then persuade someone because they didn't like the design to interview that person in. They're not going to be excited in the interview. So you want them reading through your CV, like, yes, yes, yeah, that like get this person in. And you know, because they're excited to meet you, they want you to win. And this is what I think has massively increased my clients' success rates because they're sending in that cv that excites that gives that little bit of personality that articulates that experience that is formatted nicely so it does stand out and then they've got that excitement they they want them to win so then they're going into the interview and if you go into an interview and that recruiter or employer wants you to win then they're going to be hearing your answers so much differently to if they're like "Mm, well i'm not sure you know, wasn't sure on the CV. Let's see what they've got. If you get them excited, you're more likely to get that job offer. If you can get them excited from the get-go, then it's going to make it so much quicker, easier, smoother to get that job offer.
1: So is there anything else then before we wrap up that you would say people, either mistakes people need to avoid or things that they can do and put to action quite quickly and easily that will help their CV to stand out?
0: Okay, so I'd say straight away the first thing you need to just get your CV out and read it because I guarantee it will have all kinds of spelling errors in. It'll have grammatical errors. It'll have formatting errors. Before you start adding in any information, just clear up all of those formatting errors. Save it as a PDF and view it as a PDF because you should always send in your CV as a PDF anyway, so that you know things can't be moved around and it doesn't matter what version of words you know, your CV is opened on because everybody's got a different version of Word. Now, if you send it in as a PDF, it doesn't matter whether it's a phone, a laptop, a tablet, it will be viewed in the same way. So save it as a PDF and look at it and just see what it looks like. And you'll be able to see where you've got some formatting errors, where some bullets have further over than others i think i've actually got ocd when it comes to format and cvs it's like they've got to be perfect all the bullets have got to be lined up if you are using you know sentences then you need to make sure that your sentences are concise that they are easy to read that they actually mean something so go through every single line you've got on your cv and ask yourself does this mean something Or is it just there because I feel like it needs to be there needs to add value. It needs to be another line that demonstrates what you can bring to the table. So if you can if you can do that and then go through it line by line and check what you've got, your CV will be in a much better state. And then the next thing that you need to do is you need to start looking at the jobs that you're applying for or you'd like to apply for and make sure that you are looking. What is the purpose of this role? And have I clearly articulated the purpose in my CV? Does it match the purpose of this job role? And ask yourself for each different role because when you're tailoring your CV, it's not just about putting a nice personal statement at the top. It's about going through each role and pulling out the key bits that are relevant. If you're applying for, say, for example, a project manager role, then if your last three roles have contained an element of project management, then that should be clear within each role. Because, you know, if you're just going to tailor the, the last role or the current role to where you're moving to, I mean, if that's all the experience that you've got, then, you know, that's fine. But if you can articulate it in different ways throughout your CV, then they can see the clear path of where you've been and how you got to here and what you can potentially bring to their role. So I think if you can do that, then that is going to make you stand out and finally take out any information that really isn't needed like just be ruthless with yourself just you know red penny (laughs) get rid of anything that's not necessary and you will have a version that i guarantee you'll be much happier with and will significantly increase your chances of getting selected what
1: would you what would you add to that jackie so absolutely agree with that i think one of the crucial bits i would say from being that kind of on the receiving end of CVs rather than helping people to write them is that element of really think about how much depth for each role you want to give because when I've received them people tend to do one of two things they've either clearly just added their current role on the top of what they've done previously and shuffled everything down and then there's as much depth or information about a job that they did 15 years ago as there is about their current role or they've basically kind of condensed stuff from what they've done before and then you've really got nothing other than dates and a job title, so that they can emphasize what they've done recently. Mm. And the reality for most roles is that there will be elements of roles that you've done more recently won't just be that most recent role, there will be elements from previous roles. So don't feel like you have to have that same consistency of, you know, everything up to this point is just Job title and dates, and then from there there needs to be more. Think about that specifics, like you were saying, of the experience that you had in each of those roles, and have as much as is relevant to the role that you're applying for. And I think people sometimes are nervous of doing that and feel like it'll look a bit weird. And and I'm thinking back to when <laughs> I was employed and things that are mistakes that I know I made um that you know in the time since I'm now kind of like oh yeah I used to do that
0: (laughs) yeah and I think as well you know what you were saying there is perfect as well because each job doesn't have to be you know formatted the same so if you've got more experience to show in one job but then in another job it was just a small part of your role but it's relevant then you can just write two or three sentences under that rather than just leave it as a title and a date you don't necessarily need to do you know a summary and the bullet points you can just literally put what's relevant it doesn't have to be like identical and symmetrical and all of that kind of stuff so i think that's a good good point as well
1: final question before we wrap up and i i'm ready i'm gonna light the blue touch paper and then ask this oh
0: god (laughs) what is this
1: gaps on cvs (gasps) should people explain them
0: oh my goodness you know this is my my biggest (laughs) bugbear So my view on gaps on CVs is that it is literally no one's business why you've got a gap on your CV. And this is something that causes people absolutely, like it, it, it just derails job searches and stops people from moving on and makes people stay in jobs that they hate and makes people not go back to work after a period of having a break because they're so worried about how do I explain this gap? So you are allowed to have a life outside of work. So you can... Put on a gap. You can explain a gap in your CV, but nine times out of ten, if you don't need to do that, too, people will detail career breaks and write a full essay on bringing up children and hear all the key skills I learned when bringing up my child. You don't need to go into that much detail because it's actually none of their business. And if it was quite a few years ago, you don't even need to put in career break. If they want to go through the dates and work out did you have a break, when I ask you about it, then that's on them your cv is your story so if you want to put it on you can but obviously you just need to be prepared to talk about that in an interview providing your cv shows what you can deliver for a company they won't be bothered about a gap you might get asked about it but people will interview you because they can see that you've got what they need for their role
1: and i think there is a perception and i do understand why but there is a perception that people will be judged and therefore they Mm. feel like if I explain it, maybe I'll counteract that judgment. And particularly I see it if people, like you say, have had career breaks for bringing up family. Also if people have failed a probation period or if people have been on the receiving end of a settlement agreement, then often, and, and even redundancy, it's almost sometimes I feel like people feel like redundancy is slightly different because that almost that justifies more why I've had a break so I'm a bit more comfortable to talk about that whereas if they've failed probation or had time out for kids they feel like that's going to reflect on them and they're going to be judged for it and what I would say to people in that situation is do not feel that everybody is out there waiting to judge you there's some amazing candidates out there who have had time out for whatever reason, whether it's family responsibilities, there are people who fail probation periods, because companies realise that the role that they recruited for isn't really the role that they wanted. There are people who fail probation periods because they were recruited for a role and actually they didn't perform in that role. doesn't mean they're not a great candidate for a different role. And I think sometimes when people take those knocks to their confidence that come from being out of the workforce for a period of time, then they can feel that they have to kind of justify or explain. And Mm -hmm. actually, yes, probably you know, as a recruiter, I do ask that question sometimes of if there's a gap, you do want to understand, well, you know, what prompted it, what what was happening. But more so what I want to know is about you, I want to understand, are you going to bring what I need for my client's business into this role? Have you got the capacity to lead a team? Have you got the capacity to, you know, bring together, you know, to, to put processes and controls in place in a department or a function where that hasn't been happening. And if you have and you can demonstrate that you have, then I don't give a monkey's if you mm. failed a probation period five years ago. What I want is to see how you can demonstrate that you can bring what I need for this role. So I just wanted to kind of, I guess, include that because yes. I do see it where people let that dent their confidence And then they're scared that they're going to be judged. And actually, then they end up, a lot of it is that they're judging themselves and they feel second best before they start. And that's never a good place if you want to make yourself stand out.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it is, it's just about being prepared to speak about it and know what you want to say if you get asked that question, because it's the fear of being asked that question that absolutely will derail a job search or an interview or whatever, because people will be that you know hung up on how do I answer it so you just need to be ready with your answer and then as soon as you've got your answer nailed in your head it's like right let's go let's get on with this job search
1: perfect so if people want to work with you Pam on their CV they kind of recognize themselves in some of that yeah I've been pinging off applications and not hearing anything back how do they get in touch with you?
0: the main way probably the easiest way is find me on linkedin where i am literally hanging out every day or you can just go straight over to my website which is super simple pamela and all of the information on cvs and job searches is on there as well so yeah
1: that is me perfect and you have got a resource as well a free resource for people who want to be able to write their own cv and make that stand out so we're going to make that available in the show notes and on Career and Leadership um, And yeah. that is a download that will help you if you don't have the budget to invest in working privately, but want to make sure that your CV stands out. So that brings us to the end for today as ever we would love you to rate and review if you've enjoyed and had value from today's episode Uh, podcast is available on Spotify on iTunes and on all of the other main podcasting platforms and we will be back with you with another episode next week